0: We're unabashedly obsessed, we've got to get it off our chest. Please sit there and be quiet. Hey everyone. Hello. Welcome to Unabashedly Obsessed. I'm James and I'm a pilot.
1: I'm Erin and I'm an FBI agent trying to find this fraudulent pilot.
0: Oh, you're going to have to catch me. If if I
1: can.
0: (laughs) Roll the theme music. <laughs> so dumb. Okay. That was pretty dumb. <laughs> so we are wrapping up T Hanksgiving month. Yeah. With a T Hanksgiving, a T Hanks Spielberg DiCaprio uh, collaboration. hmm. And then like ev- many, many like early 2000s babes. Like, yeah. There were a lot of early 2000s women in yeah. this movie. Yeah. Elizabeth Banks. Mm-hmm. Jennifer for Garner. For like four seconds. Right. Jennifer Garner for like one scene. Yeah. Um, Amy Adams in an extended role. And, and, and
1: Babe Tastic for the majority of it, but not all of it. Those, those braces, braces were, were, unfortunate, were
0: unfortunate. But she's adorable. She so. is.
1: But those braces made her teeth. Like I couldn't figure out if she had braces or if her teeth were like falling out of her face. Sure. Because she kept, like, covering her mouth with her hand, so I couldn't get a good look at first. So I was like, what is going on with her mouth?
0: Yeah. And then, of course, Ellen Pompeo.
1: Also for about four seconds.
0: Yes. Because it was his first time. Yeah. Exactly. So. (laughs) I I was waiting for you to make that joke. I had to arrive there. It took me. I I got there quickly, but, you know. um, Sorry, I didn't mean to kick you. That's the worst time to touch feet.
1: Yep. (laughs) Did not mean to kick you. Just Feeling Just, a little weird.
0: Yeah. Okay. So anyways. So uh, this is basically a Leonardo DiCaprio movie, I would say. Yes. However, uh, Tom Hanks plays the antagonist. Now that is not Hanks as villain. Correct. Um, and it also features my one of my favorite tropes, the antagonist and the protagonist get to be friends at the end.
1: <laughs> yes. Yes. I would say that this was like that thing you do levels of Hanks involvement
0: yeah, sure, I sure, mean, sure.
1: I mean, like, that thing you do is not a story about Tom Hanks' character in any way. Right. This is not really a story about Tom Hanks' character, except as Tom Hanks' character relates to Leonardo DiCaprio's character. Now, that thing you do, Tom Hanks' character is more of a plot device than anything?
0: I would, I, I don't know, I guess I'd... I could make. I think you could make the claim that that Carl Hanratty, who is a real person who actually exists, but let's talk about him as a character in this movie.
1: Well, sort of.
0: Does he not actually exist?
1: He was based on Carl Hanratty is not the name of the dude. From what I read,
0: I didn't. I didn't that, read anything. I'm so fascinated. Yeah,
1: yeah. So apparently, the guy's name was like Joe something or other. Oh. And so uh, Amy Adams' character was a an amalgamation of a few different women.
0: Sure, that makes sense. Um, like
1: there was not one particular person. That, right. That. From from what I read, uh, the Frank uh, Abagnale, Abagnale Junior, the, Ju- Frank William Abagnale Junior, Leonardo right. DiCaprio's character, who obviously consulted on the movie because right. it was about him, right, said that it was about eighty percent accurate. There was some stuff that they had to change and make better for the movies. Like in real life, his dad was never a con man. Uh-huh. That was purely for making
0: the movie more interesting. I guess I didn't get that his dad was a con man so much Well his, so da- as like his a, dad
1: was like super on the
0: up and up. A, oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So not a, not a not a businessman who was willing to fake pull his pull his kid out of school to pretend to be his driver. Correct. Right. Yeah, right. and,
1: like his his dad was on the was on the up and up. Yeah. Um Carl Hanratty's character was named something else and like they didn't talk every year on Christmas. Okay. And I don't think Carl Hanratty was there when he was arrested.
0: Oh, I did read, hold on, I did read what, what Carl Henry's name was. It was Joe versus the volcano. It's right. so weird that they, they had to change the name.
1: I keep thinking it's Joe Manganello because <laughs> I'm pretty sure it did start with an M. Uh-huh. And boy, the movie where Tom Hanks plays Joe Manganiello
0: Oof.
1: That is, was... is a movie that I kind of want to see. I mean, like,
0: but Hanks with...
1: also I feel like it would like the movie where Joe Manganello plays Tom Hanks makes more sense.
0: Yeah, I mean, Tom Hanks, and okay, we've already established Tom Hanks is a good looking man. Yes. And he goes in a different box. Oof. Okay, hold on. Let me rephrase that. He, You put him in a different packet. No, hold on. List? Okay, yeah. He, uh, he goes on a different list than Joe Manganiello.
1: Am I saying his name right? I don't know. Is it Manganello? Oh,
0: wait. Hold on. No. All right. Don't add us. We know we already had this. This discussion was already had on our Facebook group or on Twitter or something. Yeah. I don't remember what it is. I always want to. I
1: always try to say Manganello and I'm pretty sure somebody corrected me. Okay. So I'm going to say Manganello.
0: Okay.
1: I'm probably butchering it and I apologize.
0: This isn't about him.
1: I'm assuming Joe will not mind. No, Because he's a very kind and understanding individual.
0: And a huge Hanks fan
1: big big tom hanks fan
0: um i feel like the movie where tom hanks stars as joe m Mm -hmm. uh is like a shallow hal sort of situation like okay where it's like how he feels on the inside like on the outside when he looks in the mirror he's this cut dude and then he but he's played by tom hanks because that's how he feels on the inside okay i think i I could watch that movie
1: sure shay joe shay it does not start with an m Mm.
0: is it spelled m s h a y
1: S-H-E-A. Okay. Abagnale mm. used the pseudonym Sean O'Reilly in his book because Joe Shea was still in the FBI. He has since passed away. Oh. I mean, it's not horribly surprising he was...
0: Like, probably mid-40s, in the 60s. Yeah. So...
1: Um. Yeah, so some FBI agents did occasionally chase Abagnale, but he didn't have a relationship with any of them, and he certainly didn't call them every Christmas. As Abagnale points out with flawless logic, why would I do that? I didn't want the FBI to know where I was. <laughs>
0: um... It was definitely artistic license and... Yeah,
1: yeah. Oh, one... I'm sorry. I'm just going to basically read IMDb That's to you fine. for the next 45 minutes. Uh, the blackboard that Carl Hanratty is writing on toward the end of the movie.
0: okay.
1: Which I only noticed it because I had already read this note when that scene came up. He's like... There's like a blackboard when he's... It's before he gets... I think it's before he gets Frank. Okay. Um, And he's like getting the team together. Okay. Um. At the but bo- ha- it has a note at the bottom that says Stephen and Tom's fourth project. Aw. And if you know to look for it, it's not even hidden a little bit. It's like right there. It just says Stephen and Tom's
0: fourth project on this chalkboard. What are their other projects?
1: They had previously previously collaborated on Band of Brothers, Saving Private Ryan, and Joe vs the Volcano. S-
0: because Steven Spielberg executive produced Joe vs the Volcano. Maybe. He didn't direct it. He didn't write it.
1: Joe versus the Volcano. Yes,
0: executive producer. Okay, yeah. Good. Yeah. Okay, good. Mm-hmm.
1: Apparently, Frank Abagnale did not think until he saw the uh, movie that Leonardo DiCaprio was a good choice because he didn't think he'd be suave enough.
0: Hmm. Huh. Well, wrong again, Frank. Yeah.
1: You're very wrong, Frank.
0: You know, so you know how uh, Steven Spielberg's whole thing is like boys pretending and magic? Like his, Like all his movies are basically like teenagers, teenage boys pretending stuff. And then magic happens.
1: I will take your word for it.
0: I mean, like, that's a that's a very, very one sentence, whatever. But, like, it's sort of like what it's like to be a teenager. And also magic exists in the world and stuff like that. So I'm like, going to
1: surprise you a lot by saying that in this exact moment, I can't think of a single Steven Spielberg movie except for E.T., which I'm not entirely sure was Steven Spielberg.
0: It was. It was the one that I was thinking of.
1: Which isn't about a teenage boy or magic. It's about a young boy and an alien.
0: Okay, young boy, teenage boy, whatever. Like, <laughs> younger than adult male finds unbelievable thing and it actually turns out to be fairly relatable to his life as a younger than adult male. Okay. Anyways, this sort of felt like that too, where it was like, this boy is make believing things into reality. Yes.
1: (laughs) Amazingly well.
0: (laughs) Yeah. There was a, there was definitely like a fantastic element and like you got a, there was a bit of like Peter Pan thing to it and, and hand ratty was Captain Hook. Mm-hmm. So it's like father figure, buzzkill. Yeah, but ultimately, like you know, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> like you know, Hook was a you know codfish, but he also I think Hook's position was basically like kids shouldn't just be like chilling out in Neverland forever. You got to grow up and stuff. Uh huh. Also, so it says I'll, the
1: adult man who's just chilling out in Neverland forever.
0: Right. Well, he doesn't. I like to think that he was trying to get home. No.
1: I don't think Peter Pan ever establishes what Hook is doing there. Alias Hook does, but that is basically Peter Pan fan fiction. That's
0: where Jennifer Garner plays Hook. Yes.
1: Yes. Sorry, I had to think about that one for a second. I was like, I don't think they've made a movie out of it. Yeah, no, that is the one where Jennifer Garner plays Hook. Cool. And she's super badass. Yeah. And wears black a lot and looks really good in it. Yep. Much like in this movie where she wears black and looks really good in it. That,
0: her scene was weird.
1: Her scene was very weird. It did not... Why was it... Makes sense? Like,
0: it... I get... (sighs) Like, I get that it was sort of like she was kind of a car, like a car he'd always wanted and now he can have it. Yeah. But also there was a weird darkness to like she was a child's... Like, not a child star, but like kind of like a up and coming teen... Kind of like an Annette Funicello sort of like teenager.
1: Did you feel like she was a teenager?
0: No, like she was... But she... No, I'm saying she used to be. Oh, okay. And then now she's like in her... 30s so like way old in 1963 or whatever right and now she's gonna start um sex working
1: yeah the whole scene was weird and could have been cut
0: I feel like I wish that it had any
1: impact to the movie
0: because like it's not like she came back later or whatever like right there so have you ever seen I'm gonna all right here's my guess before I ask you I'm gonna guess you have not
1: okay boy i hope i
0: have i really hope you have too because it makes my point a lot better (laughs) (laughs) have you ever seen the movie confessions of a dangerous mind
1: no i have heard of it okay
0: so the premise of confessions of a dangerous mind is the dude that created the dating game and the newlywed game and the gong show and he also wrote this song called palisades park which you might have heard on an oldie station jan and dean maybe down at the palisades park it's like
1: i'm gonna google who sang palisades park while you finish telling I the I feel story. like it's
0: one dude, but I feel like and Dean also sang all sorts of stuff. <laughs> so, he claimed in his book, Confessions of a Dangerous Mind, that he was an FBI hitman that whole time when he was on uh, all those game shows and stuff.
1: Freddie Cannon. Yeah. Sorry, continue. Yes. So, game he, shows. he
0: did. he did write that and he did create all those shows and whatever. And, like, his reasons for creating the shows are, like, super sociopathic. Like, how much money can we give newlyweds to sell each other out, sell each other's secrets out? Like... When you think about it through his eyes, these all these games are sort of like, oh, that's pretty twisted, man. Okay. But basically, so like the newlywed game, they'd win a trip and he would chaperone the trip. Gross. Well, that was what you did with like dating game. Mm, dating game make, makes more sense.
1: That makes more sense.
0: Like you chaperone the trip because these were kids that weren't married. And right. And they couldn't just be, you know, fucking. Yeah. But so his claim is that while he was chaperoning trips, he was uh, carrying out hit missions. Okay. And I think that the consensus is, hmm, but did you though?
1: Okay. So
0: this, so I sort of see a parallel. And all, sorry, and Julia Roberts is in that movie and she sort of plays his childhood, like, sweetheart is too nice a word. Like, childhood person that he knew that had weird, way too early sexual experiences with that then he meets again and then I guess she turns out to be a spy. Spoilers, but I'm not really sure if that's the plot or not. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That didn't happen in this. Jennifer Garner played no um, role beyond that scene. It almost felt like it was like Jennifer Garner wanted to be in a Steven Spielberg movie. And Steven Spielberg was like, okay, here.
1: You can play this model turned sex worker, I guess. I wrote this scene just for you. Right. Yeah, it was weird. Yeah. I didn't care for it. And considering that this movie was like two and a half hours long, they could have cut that scene and saved seven minutes.
0: Yeah, I mean- they could have
1: I feel like there are enough scenes in this that they could have gotten it gotten it down to a two hour movie instead of a two and a half hour movie.
0: Possible. They could
1: also have I think The runtime probably includes the opening credits, yeah. which were not played over any actual movie, Right. which I tried to fast forward through them. Yeah. Kevin was like, oh, no, this was nominated for an Oscar for the music. We should listen to the music of these opening credits. I was like, Kevin, this is a two and a half hour movie. I don't care about the
0: music. It's, it was John Williams, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. It's Steven Spielberg. Yeah. That's a weird thing to say. Like... Kevin, shout out, you'll never hear this. But He's listening upstairs right now. Oh my
1: god. <laughs> no. no. I thought it was kind of weird too. I was like,
0: But Steven Spielberg movies, you know that the John Williams is gonna be all throughout. The credits were just the da da-da-da, da that thing that played over and over again throughout the whole movie. yeah Also, I I don't, I don't think you'll take you... this bad, but like it's you're not gonna notice them you aren't gonna notice the yeah. music.
1: Yeah. No, I'm not gonna take that badly. <laughs> Like a second ago when you were like, it's a Steven Spielberg movie. Of course, John Williams is in it. I'm like, meh. Yeah. (laughs) I had never heard the man's name before I found it on IMDb. Speaking of which, may I read you two more brief trivias? Please. And then we can not just have me read IMDb to you. But did you know...
0: Please know this. Please know this. Please know this.
1: That the story of Frank Abagnale Jr.'s exploits had been one of the longest and most difficult journeys from its first pitch to its eventual production. In 1981, it was originally announced that his story would be filmed and that Frank would be played by Dustin Hoffman. Whew! Also, in this version, yeah. Tom Hanks was not supposed to play Carl Hanratty. James Gandolfini was. I can see it. But then something happened and production was delayed and he had to go back to The Sopranos.
0: Mm. I think. Yeah, Yeah, that would make sense.
1: I think it was production was delayed and not he got cast in.
0: Okay. It's right around the time when he would have been cast in.
1: Okay, maybe production was delayed and he was cast in, and so he didn't have to go back to, but he had to go start the Sopranos.
0: Right. Yeah, that's hey. one that
1: I just remember off the top of my head. I didn't have to read it. Nice. So I'm fuzzy on the details.
0: Hey, if you want to hear my opinions on the Sopranos, go listen to the the podcast TV Dinner, where I watched the first three episodes of the Sopranos, and then I can't watch anymore because it was so good, and I would really like to watch the rest of it, but it's such a huge commitment.
1: That is a huge commitment.
0: But it's really good. Anyway. That's interesting. Yeah. I, I like I like Tom Hanks, but I can sort of see it more as a as a sort of a Gandolfini sort of character actor thing than Tom Hanks.
1: It was a very Tom Hanks plays the curmudgeonly FBI agent. Like it was, I don't feel like this role was a stretch for him. I feel like he probably was able to film the entire thing in a couple of days, probably had fun doing it, yeah. probably didn't really feel like work.
0: I feel like the best two scenes of Tom Hanks... In the movie. Number two, at the end when he is worried that Leonardo DiCaprio isn't going to come back. Yes. And then he does. Yes. That's number two. Number one for me in this quick countdown is when he catches him the first time. And like he pretends to be an FBI agent. Yeah and like hands him his wallet. And like the scene where the part of the scene where Tom Hanks sits down on the bed and where he's where he doesn't say anything, but he's making the face like Ah oh, man, just missed it. Yeah. Uh wait a minute. Wait, oh, wait, oh, 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 beans. Oh, no. And he yep. opens up the wallet, and it's like, ha, gotcha.
1: You can see his brain go, oh, beans. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he, yeah. But, like, I love when he he just, like, slaps the wallet. He's like, oh, just missed him. Man, isn't it just the way? Well, at least we got him. We got, where's that? Hold on a sec. Oh, no. Oh, Carl. No, Carl.
1: <laughs> no, no, Carl, no. Yeah.
0: <sighs> yeah, so I, I thought, yeah, I feel like you Hanks could have probably knocked this out in a weekend. Yeah. A fun weekend. Boy, yeah. it would be fun. But.
1: Yeah. he's. It seemed like he was having fun. Yeah. like it's, And it's interesting to say that because he was completely in character the entire time. Yeah. It's not like he ever broke character or wasn't a hundred. Like, he's one of those rare actors where I feel like I can momentarily sort of pause my brain on the fact that I'm watching a Tom Hanks movie. Yeah. But like you could just tell he was having a good time. Like if you told me that this was a miserable movie for him to produce and he wished he had or to be in and yeah. he wished he hadn't done it, I would be shocked.
0: I would be shocked because as well. Because he
1: just seemed like he was enjoying the character. Yeah. He was enjoying the process.
0: Yeah. I mean, if you did a cut, like a supercut of mm-hmm. all of Handratty's scenes in this movie, it is a lot of him coming into places and then finding that Leonardo DiCaprio wasn't there. Yeah. Like that's pretty much it. Yeah, and then one time he finds that he is there. We've already covered that. Yep. And then that's it. And one, then there's and another then, time and he that he finds him. that he's right, there, and he right. catches him. But he almost gets away.
1: But he almost. But he doesn't. Yeah, but then he doesn't. <laughs> um, because he's got just like the worst cough ever. He I faked was in that, right? pain listening to that.
0: I think he was faking
1: that. I'm. Do you think so? Yeah. Because I mean he he was definitely at the very least too weak to be able to actively run away.
0: Okay. I mean, yeah maybe i
1: kind of had okay so having had a cough like that myself yeah i kind of was thinking that the cough was legit but he was like start he kind of started out like all right i'm gonna cough and try to play this up but then once you le- like once you cough when you have a cough like that you can't stop right so it may have started out as like a, all right let's let's just play this card and see what happens and then he was like oh fuck now i can't stop coughing
0: this is horrible right i think i'd never realized like i guess i had but like that story that Christopher Walken told twice. The mouse in the milk and turning yeah. it to butter. Yeah, yeah. That's told again and again and maybe a fourth time.
1: Yeah, Christopher Walken <laughs> told it at least twice.
0: Christopher Walken told it one time almost like it was a nervous tick. Yeah. Like, oh no, I'm nervous. Two mice. <laughs> yeah. And Leo told it once. He told it once as a prayer. as, as And like maybe race. another time and too. And then I think once more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the theme of the movie. And Leo's the second mouse, always struggling, always trying to get free. Yeah. And so that see, that first scene where he like escapes from the infirmary or whatever. Yeah. Is like, just always try and escape. Just mm-hmm. if you see an opportunity, escape. Escape, 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 yeah. escape. Yeah. And then he escapes again. God, that movie's so good. Dang it. I'm honestly
1: kind of surprised <sighs> that I had never seen it before now. Yeah. Because as I mentioned last week, we own it because you bought it yeah. for us. But also, Kevin... So this was the first, every single movie I have had to watch for T-Hanksgiving, I have asked Kevin, do you want to watch this with me? And every single one, he has been like, uh, no. Yeah. This is the only one he said yes to. And as we sat down to watch it, he was like, I've probably seen this movie like six times. It's really good. Yeah. So now he is much more inclined to rewatch a movie yeah. than I am. Sure. But yeah, like for for him to be, for this to be the one movie he was willing to watch with me for this month, and it's one that he's already seen like six times. It's a real good movie.
0: It's a real good movie. It. Some of it strikes me, maybe it's the time period. Some of it strikes me as 11 a little bit. Okay. Like where he is basically like, all right, I guess I'm going to need to be a teacher now. Yep. I guess we'll figure out how teachers do. Except
1: that he already was a teacher.
0: Right. Fair. Okay, fine. Yeah, all right.
1: But he did figure out how drama teachers do? <laughs>
0: yeah, so those that don't teach, teach drama. Um, oh, what? I don't know.
1: That's not, <laughs> that's not even kind of close to the, that's not those even close who to don't teach, movie. teach drama.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's real bad. Anyways, um, it must, I think it may have just been the time period. Yeah. But I like, I really love a movie where you learn the process of something.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, it, uh, sorry to step back one yeah, sec. Yeah, it's. Fine. It was the time period. And even though Jake was a teacher before and during the plot of that book, he still was Figuring, he was a stranger in a strange land. Yeah, figuring it out as he went, and so this and this was a movie set in the '60s about a man figuring shit out as he went.
0: Like, I love, I love both the pro. I, I love the scenes where he, where he's like, he has the airplane in the bathtub because he needs to peel the Pan Am sticker off mm-hmm. of it to make his payroll check. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, like just like a montage of mm-hmm. like, and this is how he did it. I also love scenes where he's like using like when he does the necklace thing that his dad did and like he he goes to get the necklace and he comes back and the dude is sitting down and you're like yipes like i love i love things where things go wrong where he learns like i just i love uh i mean i guess that amounts to basically like a training montage like he was basically training on conning people yeah which is presented as basically improv which is kind of fun
1: yeah And he was very good at it.
0: And also, that like TV can teach you absolutely everything you need to know. Yep,
1: he learned how to be a doctor from watching TV. He learned how he passed the freaking bar exam in Louisiana from watching some movies and TV shows about lawyers. Well, now he
0: did study. He did study. I feel like I'm going to toot my own horn for just a moment. I feel like he probably would take a test the way I take a test, which is a very improvisational, like. All right, let's, let's, but see, I don't know what the bar's like. Is the bar, I'm about to ask you about the bar. Ready? Uh (laughs) Uh-huh.
1: Yes, allow me to um, expose all of my knowledge of the bar here.
0: Um, Hey, the bar has come up in two Tom Hanks movies now.
1: Oh, hey, he didn't pee in this movie. It's because it was a Leonardo DiCaprio movie with Tom Hanks in it. Yeah. He didn't didn't have enough screen time to pee. Yeah.
0: yeah. In a cutscene, uh, Tom Hanks misses Leonardo DiCaprio walking by because he's, he's using the airport lavatory.
1: I am a little surprised they left Jennifer Garner in, but not that.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, she was in that too. Whoa. That was a dark. What? That was, that was not dark, but that was a weird thing to say. So.
1: You were going to ask me about the bar, which I have taken <laughs> specifically in Louisiana <laughs> in the 60s. So please allow me to impart oh, my
0: knowledge. Thank goodness we have a guestbird on. Okay. <laughs> Is it multiple choice? Yes. Is it a multiple choice? In
1: 1965, Louisiana, the bar was in fact multiple choice. And I know this because I took it.
0: You're such an old lawyer.
1: I did not pass it, but I took it.
0: (laughs) I took it and I took it back up to the person and said, I'm not ready for this.
1: (laughs) That is exactly what happened. Were you there? (laughs) Yes. You're also an old lawyer.
0: Uh Uh-huh. <laughs> i was that person
1: wait what whoa <laughs> um,
0: i said one day i'm gonna remember this for a podcast <laughs> Someone's <laughs> so like what's, said, a podcast? what's a
1: podcast <laughs>
0: <laughs> you'll see we make that you'll joke
1: <laughs> way more than is probably necessary or funny to anybody besides us yeah
0: yeah but, but it's both necessary do... <laughs> and funny to both of us uh-huh. so yep there's a court appointed episode about the bar i think Um, probably that i've listened to
1: okay i don't think i've listened to that one
0: it maybe didn't stick (laughs) and also that'd be the west virginia or florida or both bar and not louisiana
1: i would imagine they're
0: the format has to be the same is at least
1: similar though right like it's not like one state is all multiple choice and the next state over is all essays
0: right man what if it was though
1: well i know which state i'm getting licensed in
0: (laughs) first thing you first thing you research Formats of bars in states.
1: Now I, uh, I'm going to Google the format of the bar.
0: Okay. Because it feels like I could see it being just like a huge long multiple choice test, but I could also see it be like a huge long essay test.
1: Yeah. The format for each state's bar exam is different, but usually it bro- is broken into two parts that are <gasps> taken on two separate days.
0: Right. It's all coming back to me. I remember listening to this court appointed.
1: Hold on. I have to actually click on this
0: link. There is a short answer section, but... There's also a multiple-choice section.
1: Um, The first part is the multi-state bar exam. Right.
0: right. Every
1: jurisdiction except Louisiana incorporates it. Uh, The second portion is usually state-specific, where each state tests candidates on unique aspects of its laws. It's usually an essay. The third portion is the multi-state performance test, designed to test the examinee's ability to use fundamental lawyering skills in a realistic situation. Is that the part where he was in the courtroom and the judge was like who are you talking to there's no jury why are you talking to the empty jury box it's just me here
0: no I think that was him being a bad lawyer <laughs> okay I think did you ever you saw my that cousin was what Vinny, I right? thought at
1: first but now that I was reading this I didn't know I've seen what I'm sorry you've seen my cousin Vinny yes but so long no. ago I don't remember a lot about it
0: I think it's basically that old there's an old trope of like the lawyer is super prepared for what they think lawyering is but right lawyering is a lot less ladies and gentlemen of the jury here's an impassioned plea yeah it's a lot more like yes i filed that paper
1: <laughs> yeah well he learned how to be a lawyer from tv right from Perry which Mason. is right all ladies and gentlemen of the jury right allow me to wax poetic for 15 minutes right on the beginning and end of this closing argument you won't hear the middle of it right because that was during the commercial break
0: <laughs> right real-time lawyer shows real-time 60s lawyer shows yep so anyways i really liked watching him learn how to do stuff and sort of just lie to people
1: the fact that he managed to get a job as a pediatrician yeah like a pediatric surgeon right makes me really uncomfortable
0: did he i thought he was i thought he claimed to be a pediatric guy from california but his job in atlanta
1: uh-huh, that sounds right.
0: Was um to just supervise other doctors. Like he was like probably if I say but Bailey, he's... do you know who I mean? Mm-hmm. Okay. I think yeah. he was like the Bailey of
1: You mean the best character on Grey's yeah. Anatomy? Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Did she die? Not as of when I stopped watching it.
0: Okay. Hmm.
1: No, I think she's still alive. Huh. Is that show still on? Yeah. Oh my god. It's like
0: season 15 I want to say. Oh my god. Yeah.
1: Is Meredith's still on it.
0: Yep, she's the only one that's still there.
1: Wow, I was going to say, because I know Christina's on a new show.
0: Yep, and Izzy's also gone.
1: Well, Izzy was one of the first to leave.
0: Yep, and then she came back for a sec, and then she left again. Right. And then everyone else that Meredith has ever known has died.
1: Did Karev die? Did they kill him off or write him off? They killed him. How'd they kill him?
0: Plane crash. That also killed her sister.
1: Karev wasn't on that plane crash.
0: Karev. Karev. No, Karev Karev is still there. Kareba's still there. Sorry, 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 sorry. Wow. Yeah. Okay. They killed McDreamy. They killed McSteamy. They yeah. killed Baby Gray. They killed just all sorts of people. They
1: killed George. George early, was the first, early of, on. first of the yeah. gang to die. Yeah, Kelly in record. Arizona? Uh, they uh, Arizona left. lost her leg.
0: Right. They left. Okay.
1: They were they like, killed, this hospital's fucked up. They we're killed leaving. Derek's sister. I don't think I knew Derek had a sister. She
0: was on private practice, and then private practice ended, and then she went over to... I never really orders.
1: watched private practice I saw a couple episodes because I like Kate Walsh yeah. and I really like Tay Diggs
0: sure of course who doesn't
1: but apparently I don't like either one of them enough to keep
0: watching that show we watched more of that than Grace I let me rephrase that I watched more of that than Grace okay which was weird but uh yeah uh she was a brain surgeon and she died of a brain tumor thing
1: isn't that also how McDreamy died isn't that how they killed Derek wasn't didn't no, he? no have... he
0: died of sepsis he died of incompetent hospital care He got in an accident and, like, he couldn't speak. And, like, basically there was a a girl that was, like, knowing what's up. And then everyone else in the hospital was basically, like, shitty. And he got, like, an infection and died.
1: In their hospital? No. Oh. In, like, some
0: other small town hospital that, like, he couldn't talk. So he couldn't. But, like, he apparently. I didn't watch this, but I talked to Kristen about it. Like, he apparently was. Like, you could hear his inner thoughts. And he was, like, she needs to speak up. Like, this this, like, young doctor needs to, like. She's She has the right answer. She needs to stand up for herself. And she didn't. And he and died. Like, basically, yeah. And basically he got an infection and died. Huh. Yeah. Oh, spoilers.
1: The, yeah, but this isn't a Grey's Anatomy <laughs> podcast. <laughs> nope.
0: So surprise.
1: Well, I mean, th- that happened many years ago, though. That was at least like three yeah. or four years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Because I stopped because he was still he was still alive when I stopped watching when I was pregnant with Kaylee. Yeah. But I don't think he was around for too much longer after that.
0: Yeah, man. They just they just. Kept killing people.
1: Yeah. But Karev is still on the show? Karev is
0: still on the show. He's. And with Meredith someone. is still on the show. And Meredith is still on the show. And, and Richard is still on the show. Richard the is still on dude. the show. Mm-hmm.
1: I would have thought they would have killed off his character easily is, or retired him because he's. He so retired
0: and then came back as not chief of medicine. He is like a dude now.
1: Is Miranda Bailey?
0: I Did you say she is or is not? I think she's still there.
1: Oh, I think she is. That yeah. poor actress.
0: And then uh Jesse um I want it's not Eisenberg. Jesse, you know him. There's a there's a really a really cute guy who is his like anyways. Jackson? Yeah. No.
1: Jackson Avery? Is yeah, the character's yeah. name? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He beautiful
0: beautiful yes. yep.
1: green eyes. Yes. Yeah. He God,
0: he's hot. Owns the hospital?
1: I I was there for that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: He's now chief of medicine, I
1: think. Yep, I was there. <laughs> yeah. That's sound, that sounds about right.
0: Yeah. So, which
1: sounds like a con that Frank Abagnale could have
0: pulled off? Hey, in that movie, Catch Me If You Can, uh-huh, that which we've we're been... talking about this week on unabashedly obsessed during I'm T. Hank's <laughs> I have a question for you. Okay, is there a job in this day and age that, given the right like background check stuff, getting fine? Like you know what I mean? Like there's... <laughs> was that?
1: Who was that English? Yeah, like given I mean, like, the right background check, getting stuff fine.
0: Getting yeah, I didn't say stuff. Um, <laughs>
1: background check stuff getting fine. Yeah, yeah is that's what you a, said. Yeah,
0: okay, yeah, that. I yeah, that makes way words. more sense. That
1: makes it, I mean it does, but
0: but like in in the sixties, like one of the one of the things of Catching If You Can is it was the sixties, so no one looked at anything, and like you right. could basically make a fake check
1: with a sticker off of a toy airplane as a, as a
0: teenager. <laughs>
1: That's the thing. He was like 16 when he was doing most of this. Yeah. That is buck wild.
0: Um it was really funny when he was like tell so and so I can't take her to junior prom. Yeah. <laughs> um it wasn't
1: even senior prom.
0: <laughs> um I feel like they should have made him younger. I feel like they should have had a younger actor. Like I feel like it wasn't clear until you like think about I mean I understand they needed him to be you know, teen, you know, young teen Leo and older dude leo Well, and
1: leo was always kind of known for looking younger than he was yeah so he was 28 when he played a 16 year old slash 19 year old because it encompassed three years right
0: what job do you th- do you think that there's a job that you could fake your way into successfully
1: well um i have just recently finished the podcast dr death okay which is about a doctor who did technically have his medical license, but during his residency only completed like a hundred surgeries and he should have been doing like a hundred thousand surgeries. Oh, okay. Um, in neurosurgery. Oof. And he basically just killed a whole bunch of people and it's not entirely clear if he did it. Through incompetence
0: in... or maliciousness? Well,
1: it was definitely a combination of the two, but was it like narcissistic thinking he was a better like thinking he was actually a good surgeon or did he set out to kill people right it's not it's still not clear like he's he's in jail for life
0: okay sure that Um, makes sense
1: he killed a bunch of people he practically decapitated his best friend who is still alive but is a quadriplegic sure um because he basically cut all the way through his spine during this surgery and and then just ditched him back up oops this is the head no there wasn't even any of that it was just like, I mean, like he left medical instruments in people and yeah, it was, ve- it was, it's a fascinating podcast. I highly recommend it. But I mean, that happened. Yeah. Like, so, okay. like a couple years ago. Yeah. So he, like he had a medical license, but he basically just skipped around to a bunch of different hospitals in Texas and nobody ever followed up quite enough.
0: So like Jake in 112263.
1: Yeah. Oh, Except, you know. No, without Jake time Jake was a competent travel.
0: teacher, right, right. But Jake like, was
1: a competent teacher who didn't have the right paperwork. This guy was an incompetent doctor who did have the right paperwork. <laughs> so it's like, it's like the opposite. It's yeah, like it's opposite, like the opposite, opposite of eleven
0: twenty two sixty
1: three. Yes. But yeah, I mean, I feel like if that can happen in 2013.
0: I'm so sorry. Thirty six twenty two eleven. There, 11. Two of them okay. are the same backwards. Yeah, yeah. So if they can.
1: But like if yeah. that can happen in 2013 or whenever this was. Yeah. I feel like Frank Abagnale could probably... Because the thing is, he wouldn't be cashing checks He'd be
0: an online scammer.
1: Oh, yeah. He'd be an online scammer, but probably could still manage to forge everything he needed to fake his way into whatever profession he wanted.
0: But do you think there's something that you...
1: Oh, that I personally could do? No, I don't care enough.
0: Okay, but like, (laughs) what if you... What if like, for whatever reason, you had to fake... Like, I think you could pull off teacher.
1: I was just going to say, I could probably fake my way into teaching.
0: Not because teaching is easy, but because we've all had lots and lots of years of seeing teachers. Well,
1: yeah, I feel like, oh, yeah, teaching. I mean, I would be very quickly called out as being not good at my job. But, yeah, like, I understand how a classroom works. I understand at least the concept of teaching students English literature. If I could fake the paperwork. Yeah. Yeah that was needed then i think i could fake my way through teaching however i also am technically licensed to teach middle and high school are you yeah S- even now i mean it's lapsed oh, okay, okay. but like i don't yeah. have to, i wouldn't have to retake the courses or anything right, i would right. just have to basically get it activated yeah so i wouldn't have to fake much huh. yeah <laughs> I mean, but but yeah i would huh. be a bad teacher hmm. i wouldn't be a bad teacher i wouldn't be a good teacher
0: i think you'd be a teacher that like some students would be like mrs king is where it's at and some students would be like man this class I have sucks king for fourth period yeah and then someone else would be like oh dude i'm sorry that's right before lunch i don't know i
1: feel like fourth period's right after lunch
0: they start at 6 a.m at this school that you teach oh at.
1: oh well okay <laughs> fair <laughs> this <is a> hypothetical <laughs> school today i'm trying to as we're having this conversation i'm trying to think if there's something else that i could maybe
0: like an, what i like about like an office manager you could manage an well, office I've done manager. done that yeah so there you go that's not the question James. that's okay. not the question james
1: like <laughs> librarianing okay i don't see i don't know if i could pull that off because i don't actually know what a librarian does yeah yeah Like, I sit here and I think to myself, I could be a librarian. And then I think to myself, that requires a master's degree and you have no idea in what.
0: Yeah, library science is sort of a mystery. Like, I get what you learn in, like, neuroscience. Yeah.
1: Yeah, you learn how...
0: (laughs) What what the spine...
1: And brain and nerves and... Yeah, yeah, what it's for. (laughs) Yeah.
0: But, like, library science, this is not me. And, hey, uh, James... Wilcox mm-hmm. calling you out by name at us or yeah. at me.
1: Like, seriously, though, because I have thought to myself, I would like to work in a library. Yeah. And then I have thought to myself, that requires getting a master's degree. And then I've thought to myself, what does that master's degree entail? Yeah. Because as far as my very layman's knowledge of a, what a librarian does goes, they sit at a desk and shelve books. And I know that's not all of it. No. And like, that's I was... probably not even most of it. That's probably barely part of it. Right.
0: Because that's what the volunteers do.
1: Yeah, exactly. I think really I just want to be a volunteer at a library. You could volunteer. Okay. I could. You could. Maybe one day. Maybe one day I will be able to fake the paperwork in order to do that.
0: <laughs> Aaron, we keep telling you you don't have to fake the paperwork. No, 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 man. It's cool. No. I was part of the FBI. <laughs> Aaron, stop saying this fake paperwork. <laughs> you can be a volunteer here. I'm, I'm proving a point to James. <laughs> <laughs> Who is James? <laughs> I... Got a book for my son that was about Cinderella. Uh-huh. Um, they have these like novels about the Disney princesses interact with a piece of jewelry. Okay. In various ways. Like Jasmine finds a, an orchard that everything is in the orchard is a jewel. And like Ariel basically goes on a SVU style missing child hunt. Okay. <laughs> like, underwater? No. No. Okay. Uh, it's post Little Mermaid Ariel. Though she does have to get her her fin back from her dad to go find this child spoiler um for this book so anyways we're on the what it felt very much like like
1: chapter books
0: interesting yeah they're they're pretty good so matt we went on cinderella so i had looked up the thing and there were like four copies available so i was like i don't need to request it right so i went there and the juvenile section of the library has a non-series section and a series section correct which is good and i think that's a great feature to have Yes. However, the call numbers on the books don't indicate whether it's in serial or not serial. So you have to look for J-R-I-C in In two different places. Mm -hmm.
1: They also have a comics and graphic novels section. So if you are looking for a series that is like a comic series, Lorelai's into these, um, it's called The Bad Guys. Yeah, okay. And it's like a series of kind of comic style stories. Okay. And I didn't realize there was a whole comic section. So we had to ask the librarian.
0: Right. Yeah. I knew that there was a comic section, but like there's nothing on the on the call number that would say this is a com- right. Well, comic. Right. Well, and I section. knew that
1: there was a comic section, yeah. but I was thinking that that was for like comics. Right. Not this book that yeah. is a book, but kind of in comic form. Yeah. As opposed to because like there are also these Tinkerbell comics that Kaylee loves. Yeah that are in the normal series section right next to all the other fairy books. Yeah. But I interrupted your story and I'm very sorry.
0: Oh, I basically was, I was I was telling Kristen, I think that I wish that they, that they would say J-R-I-C-S-E-R. Yeah. For series. Yeah. But then I was like, I don't know if that, if there's a reason why that's not a thing. That you can't, like, does it mess up the database? Does it mess up the something to have that extra couple of characters?
1: Do you think that it's because not every... Loudoun County Library is set up the same. And so, like, if you go to, like, the Rust Library, they've got it divided by series and non-series. But if you go to the Ashburn Library, maybe they don't. So... Maybe. Maybe for the purposes of,
0: like... Like so, I, the I series section. The, I
1: almost just said cross pollinating, <laughs> cross referencing. Well, I, I was gonna say more like if a book comes from one and goes onto the shelf at another. But I guess the books are by library, right?
0: No, they they when uh, Rust redid its library, mm-hmm. um, like five years ago. No, I don't know. It was Lila was able to do library. They, okay. they redid Rust. They they like expanded yeah. it and like got all sorts of cool new awesome stuff. and whatever. Yeah. Um, we went there like the third day it was open. Okay. And they had like twenty chicka chicka boom booms. They had like okay. twenty cat in the hats. With the idea that people would check them out one place and return them another place or request them from one place and return them another place, and basically gradually the deck would get shuffled. But they started with Okay. Like a kinda of like a starter pack of library books. Okay. Um so yeah, they're they're meant to go wherever. I think they might have a home because I think they do say like Rust. We, yeah, I, I think know. it
1: says which... But so that's what I'm wondering. Like if I've got, you know, Elevation by Stephen King out and out it now. came from yeah. the Ashburn Library. Yeah. If I return it to Rust, does it go... Like if nobody has requested it. I don't think so. Does it go back to Ashburn?
0: I think it just Or does gets it just shelf. stay on the
1: shelf at Rust? Yeah. But then when somebody goes to look it up, it'll say... Even though it lives in Ashburn, it'll say it's on the shelf at Rust.
0: I think so. James is
1: probably yelling at us right now.
0: I think that probably, yeah, let's speculate about this some more. No, 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 but I really (laughs) do want to. I really Um, do want to. I think that, I wonder if the home base for it uh, is for inventory. I wonder if you like, if like once a year, they sort of magic everything back to where it goes. Right. With that spell. Did they do do they do inventory? No,
1: I don't know. I didn't get my degree in library
0: science. I think we're we're sort of finding the outline of the things that you learn.
1: But see, all of this, this, all this all feels stuff, clerical. Yeah, all of this is stuff that I feel like somebody could like hand me a, an info sheet on. Yeah. I shouldn't need a master's degree for just this stuff. So there's gotta be a lot more to it.
0: And I know that like there's like buying books. Yeah. And like authorizing because on reading glasses, they've talked to like librarians and like there's like you have to make sure that you're, you know, after 500 downloads, you have to rebuy the e-book For what, for instance. Okay. I don't know that 500 is the right number. But after a certain number of downloads, you have to rebuy the rights to the e-book. Yeah. But you need to... And well,
1: I feel bad about all of the times that I have checked out a book <laughs> and not actually read it.
0: I'm, I'm so glad that you said that exact sentence. Um, because Bria on reading glasses did too. But the librarian was like, don't feel bad about that because I need numbers to justify the budget. Oh, okay. So you doing that is fine
1: because there are definitely ebooks that I have checked out like four
0: or five times and they have returned before each time before I've managed to yeah. read them the, the librarian the one librarian that 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 they, that they got an email from one episode many many months ago uh, said it's cool do like don't don't worry about that we like happy to do it. Please, God, please keep using the
1: library. Well, I guess it's like when, you know, like I always feel like Kaylee pulls 75 Tinkerbell comic books off the shelf. And I'm like, well, we already have 15 of these at home. Right. And also you pulled out four copies of Secret of the Wings, which we have at home. Right. So we don't need all of these books in this stack my gut instinct is I will put them back on this shelf right in front of me that I know she pulled them off of. Right. But what they want you to do is go put them on the, hey, the librarians need to put this or the volunteers need to put this away shelf right. because that shows that there was interest in those books. And I guess each book that comes off the shelf oh, and I gets put that. on that cart shows like the, the books moving around, huh. I guess, is an indication that the library is being used and used appropriately. Interesting. So yeah, so if your kid... I could be completely wrong about that, but that's what somebody told me. Um, I don't know if that's somebody who was a librarian or a volunteer or Frank or a frog. Abagnale Jr. Frog. <laughs> I was gonna say fake and fraud, and you said Frank Abagnale, and somehow it all came out as a frog. I'm pretty sure whoever told me that was not actually a frog.
0: Okay, were they faking being a frog?
1: They might have been. I don't remember no. who it was.
0: Was it Frank Abagnale Jr.? It might have been. <laughs> Trans. What? What did uh, McGonagall teach? Transubstantiation. Transfiguration. Transfiguration. Transubstantiation is a communion thing. Um, okay. Uh, kind of gross thing. Can I tell you in one sentence what it is?
1: Something it, about becoming the body and the blood. The yeah. belief
0: that the bread becomes literal flesh. Yeah, gross. When you put it in your mouth. So Super gross. Transfiguration is the thing that, it's such a missed thing now frank abacnell <laughs> became an are busy in trans- talking about right? yeah exactly um okay yeah so like i think also librarians learn book repair like intense book surgery
1: interesting see i want to learn that
0: yeah um kaylee
1: definitely ripped a book at the library the other day and she just scotch taped it back together
0: the librarian did mm-hmm. um i suppose it matters like when the book is from. yeah and like because like i think i'm remembering a reading rainbow Maybe at the Library of Congress, because that was one of my favorite episodes, because it was so cool. Okay. It also had the cartoon of Conan, Conan the librarian. Um, I think they, sh- they watched them, like, repair an old, a, like, hella old book. Cool. It was really cool. Yeah. Anyways. Shout this, out to Love Burton.
1: This has become a podcast about Grey's Anatomy and libraries.
0: Jo- we're talking about jobs, people. We're talking about jobs. and um, doctors. And librarians
1: and I sincerely hope that all of my comments about what do you need a master's like why do you need a master's degree I hope that doesn't come across as disparaging because I don't mean it that way like obviously you need a master's degree because there's
0: something a lot of yeah.
1: stuff that goes into being a librarian I just don't know what it is yeah because you know I just have my fake volunteer papers right and not an actual master's degree <sighs>
0: for the, for the last time miss miss King miss Ms King. Ms., Ms. King. We don't need this fake, we don't need these fake papers. Stop sending them to us. Stop faxing them to us. Oh, no, no. Stop hitting send on that fax. Stop using the library fax machine to fax us your fake paper.
1: All right, folks. So we've had a blast here tonight. It is time for us to do some social media. (laughs) Hey, Because I have a headache and probably from laughing.
0: I am a headache. And
1: James is a headache.
0: This movie is the ultimate guard against imposter syndrome. What do you mean? Like, anything you're doing that you're feeling like, I don't belong here, at least you're not faking a very dangerous career.
1: No, but I feel like it's the opposite. Because like, sure, I feel like, you know, I've got like imposter syndrome for writing or whatever, but man, I I don't even feel like a real writer. And this guy managed to become a <laughs> fucking doctor and a lawyer hey, and man. a pilot and all these really like dangerous to have someone incompetent in them jobs. Yeah makes me feel really bad about
0: what's that, that old, like,
1: on the one hand, it does make me realize that I should not feel like an imposter with my writing, but also but also, yeah, like, I can't even fake being a writer without feeling like I'm faking it. <laughs> and this dude became a damn doctor.
0: That, that, that little my favorite, my favorite thing about imposter syndrome is that that someone said, like, "Oh, you think that you're special enough to have imposter syndrome." <laughs> yep. <laughs> I love that. So this has been fun. It has been. But uh, I was serious about the headache. Though. No, I, I really know. Let's have, wrap it. Up. <laughs> I really
1: do have a a headache. I'm. I'm <laughs> I, I need to go take some medicines.
0: Okay. Um. Let's wrap it up. Uh, let's do social media, like you said. Yes. We have a Facebook group. It is unabashedly obsessed with unabashedly obsessed. You do not need fake FBI documents to get in, though they would help. I mean, please if send you... us your
1: fake FBI documents. Well, just... I don't know. Will we get in trouble if somebody sends us their fake FBI documents?
0: make them FIB documents. There we go. Fibs. Fib to us. Yes. But no, you should you should join the uh, the group. It's it's fun. We talk about all sorts of ridiculousness.
1: As long as you're not a robot, we'll let you in. Or if you're a really convincing convincingly, convincingly yeah. fake person robot.
0: Yes, fake person robot. <laughs> I'm
1: so tired.
0: FBR. Um <laughs> would you like me to do all social media
1: no um i can do twitter because we have that it is at ufo podcast where you decide what the f stands for james yes what does the f stand for tonight
0: frank william abagnale jr excellent dot twitter.com
1: also fake documents and fbi and fib FIB.
0: yes and for real though what do librarians do
1: (laughs) yes Individually, we can be found on Twitter. You can tell us all about what you do as a librarian. I'm James. at Unabashedly Aaron.
0: I am at unabashed James.
1: We have a Patreon. Mm-hmm. If you would like to support the show financially, you can find us at patreon.com slash unabashedly obsessed. We will be doing a live stream, which is not just for patrons, but...
0: It's because of the patrons it's that we're doing. because of
1: patrons. Them. And that is why it came into my brain when I was talking about yeah. Patreon. But yeah.
0: We also... Are going to be watching another uh, $10 level uh, Patreon selection, which we've talked about at length. That's also happening in December. So, so December doesn't really have a theme, except for maybe half being about Patreon stuff. So, yes, it'll be good. I'm ex- I'm really really excited about this live stream.
1: I am too. <sighs> We also have a merch store, cafepress.com slash unabashedlyobsessed. You can put our cartoon faces on stuff.
0: Yep. And you can buy mugs, which you saw advertised in the last Patreon mm-hmm. live stream.
1: That travel mug is good. The It's like the ultimate travel mug. Yeah. There's a plastic one and then a metal one. Yeah. I can't speak to the plastic one, except I think New Matt had some water get inside his. Yeah. So,
0: so maybe, go metal.
1: Go with the, the aluminum one. I think it's aluminum. Might be titanium. I don't know what it's made of.
0: Yeah, it's probably aluminum because it's probably not, is it insanely heavy? <laughs> I don't know. I'm so tired. All right, cool. But Ooh. it's a good mug. Yeah, it's a good, I'm it's a good so mug. I'm so tired. Right? Um, we have email at a obsessed at gmail.com. We have iTunes. We're on Spotify. Though we're on Spotify without stats, I have an email into them. Um, you can listen to us on Spotify and you should. Yes. Yes. Think that's it, except for thanking Jamie Shaheen for our theme song. Did you guys know there was a ladder down here? You can find Jamie and his band, A Silent Few, on Twitter. On Twitter?com slash YouTube. You can find Jamie and his band, A Silent Few, on YouTube.
1: You thank you up there. I'm doing it too. <laughs> thank you also to Emily Cardamus for our logo art. You can find Emily on Twitter at corrupted gem and on Tumblr at artfulhypothesis.tumblr.com.
0: I think that's gonna do it for not only this movie. Also for T. Hanksgiving Month. Thanks for T. Hanks for hanging in there with us, for Hanksing in there with us. Oh, oh the world is on fire. Um, so light him up, up, up. Oh, yeah, okay. I was going to do an all-star thing. Yeah, you no, you doing. said...
1: Yeah, No, I I knew that that's what you were yeah. doing, and I also decided hmm. to do my own thing.
0: Is it a hint?
1: Did I fake my way into this outro? I feel like I might have. Badly.
0: Poof. Okay. Uh, this has been an episode... <laughs> <laughs> of sorts? <laughs> this episode has been about work and faking work. Um, working hard or hardly working. I'm James. I'm Erin. Smoking kills.
1: And so do pennies.
0: Man, there was a lot of smoking in that movie. Did
1: anybody die?
0: Uh yeah. Uh, his dad did. Yeah. Uh, and then... I was
1: thinking murdery die.
0: No. Okay. What if he, what if it? in a cutscene he faked to being a murderer?
1: And then actually murdered somebody? Yeah. And then he wasn't faking anymore.
0: Aw, oh, fake it till you make it. Murder. Fake until you make it. Fake it. Fake it? laughing